Hi, my name is Pastor Emmanuel Sekuma. Welcome to Church of Living Water Podcast. I know this message is going to be a blessing to you, but do me a favor. Please share so others can be blessed as well. God bless you. This morning, I'm just going to share the word God has put in my heart for you, and it's entitled, God Will Work It Out. Look at your neighbor and say, God will work it out. God is going to work it out. God is going to work it out. He will work it out. And so, Father, I pray as the word comes, it's my prayer that your people will not hear a voice of the man of God, but they will hear the voice of the God of the man. That is the only way it's going to make a difference to them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. If you have your Bible, you can come with me. It's going to be projected as well. Romans 8, 28. The Bible says, NIV. And we know, I want you to take note of the word. And we know. Who is we? Children of God, believers. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things, God works for, not against, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The heart of this message this morning is to encourage you this morning that no matter what the circumstances that we are facing, God is a God who is able to work everything together for his purpose and for your good. Now, if you read from verse 18 to 30, including what I just read, you you discover something that Paul was trying to encourage the children of God, believers, that as long as we're living in this world and we are looking forward to the coming of Jesus and to be able to, you know, go and be with Jesus and no more struggles and problems, whatever it is, as long as we are on this earth, suffering problems and all these things, just as the worldly people face these things, we Christians will also face these things. However, it's all about how we respond. So if the worldly people are facing challenges and suffering, they have a way of responding. But as children of God, we also have a way we respond to problems, suffering, and all the things that we go through in life. And as I navigate this morning, I want to share four main thoughts from this scripture. And the first thought is that we know. Paul said, we know God. We know. And I want you to know, it doesn't matter what you're going through, the problems or whatever it is. You have to understand, we know God. Come with me to Acts 17. Acts 17, 22 to 23. Acts 17, 22 to 23. Paul then stood up in the meeting of 
Areopagus and said, people of Athens, or Athens, people would say, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. Paul looked at the people and he said, people of Athens, you are worshiping a God that you don't even know. You are ignorant of the very God that you are serving. So you can serve a God. You can believe in a God. But the question is, do you know that God? Because in times of problems, in times of predicaments and situations, you can either respond based on your own efforts or your own abilities or your own strategies, or you can rely and trust in the God that you know. Paul says you are worshiping a God, but you don't even know this God. But Paul says we Christians, believers, we know God. And maybe this morning you are going through something and you say, I don't know anybody who can solve this. I've, I don't know anybody who can help me. But the moment that you realize, hey, you may not know a lawyer that can help you with this situation. You may not know a doctor that can help you with the situation. But all of a sudden, you have confidence. You have hope. Why? Because we know God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. We know God who nothing is impossible. We know a God who says, hey, is there anything too hard for me? We know a God who says that, hey, I know the earth from the beginning. We know a God who is not a distant, but his name is Emmanuel. He said, I will forever be with you. We know this God. We know a God. The biggest weapon of the enemy is ignorance. That's his biggest strategy. It's ignorance when you don't know your God. Paul says, you are ignorant of very, very thing. But I'm so glad this morning that you are not ignorant of the God that you are serving. You are not ignorant of the God that we are serving. We are not ignorant of the God that we serve. But we know a God. Who said, weeping may endure for night, but joy is coming in the morning. We know a God who said, listen, it doesn't matter wherever you go, whether through the waters, whether through the rivers, where can we hide from this God? We know a God who is omniscient. He knows everything. We know a God who is omnipotent. He's all powerful. We know a God. We know him. Ladies and gentlemen, we know a God. Do you know your God? John 4, 22. The first thought we have to know, we know. John 4, 22. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Remember Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well? Having conversation. And Jesus <laughs> is talking about the type of worship the Father is looking for and so forth. And he said, looks in. You are worshiping a God you don't even know. You can worship a God that you don't know. This morning, 
I just came to tell you, the issue is not the problems you are going through. The things we face in life is not what defeat us, but it is, do we know this God is able? Do we know a God that we worship? We've come here and we've lifted up our hands. We've just joined in praise and worship. But my question is, beyond the praise and worship, beyond the lifting up of hands, do you know this God? 1 John 5. 1 John 5, 14 to 15. 1 John 5, 14 to 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Who? Children of God. That if we ask of anything according to his will, he hears us. Watch this. And we know, note the word, and we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. We know. John says you, you got to understand that we have this confidence that the worldly people don't have. So it doesn't matter what we're going through. We have this confidence in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And that we know. We're not praying and saying, hoping God. We know he will hear us, his, his children. We know that whatever we ask, according to his will, he will hear us. And we know that whatever we ask him, he's able to do it. Have you been asking God? Have you been asking him? Do you have confidence in approaching him? Do you have confidence in approaching him? The confidence is based on who he is. God is able. And therefore, when we are approaching God, whether it's in the area of trusting him for healing, breakthrough, whatever it is, we come with him, before him in prayer, in confidence, approaching him. How? Because we know. We know. We know. It's not like we are hoping, but we know. Job, if you read Job, you realize that Job went through so much. Yet, one of the statements that got Job through what he was going through is the fact that he knew. Job 19.25. Job 19.25. He says, I know my Redeemer lives. Yes, I've lost children. I've lost everything. I'm going through something that you would not even wish on your enemies. But I know that in this situation, my Redeemer lives. That in the end, he will stand on the earth. In the end, he will come through for me. In the end, he will work together for my good. In the end, God is going to tie everything. Whoa, weeping may endure for now, but God, joy comes in the morning. My enemy do not gloat over me, but for when I fall, I will rise. My Redeemer liveth. I may not have what it takes to be able to go and pay the school fees. But tell the kids, tell your wife, our Redeemer leaves. Hey, the doctor may say that the sickness is gone beyond and we don't have a cure for it. Tell the doctor, I appreciate and I thank you for your professional advice. But I know my Redeemer, who is a healer, 
he leaves. Uh, tell the bank, uh, I may not have what it takes to present to you to be able to buy the house, but I know that my redeemer liveth. Tell the counselor that, hey, this marriage is going to collapse. There is no hope. Tell him, yes, I know my redeemer liveth. I don't know how I'm going to stay in Australia. I don't know how I'm going to move from a student visa to a permanent residency. I don't know how it's going to happen, but my redeemer leaves. I know, I know. Job says, I know I've lost children. I've lost everything. But there's one thing that I know that my redeemer leaves. Do you know where your redeemer leaves? Job 42.2. Job 42.2, he says. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know. What do I know? I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. What a word. <laughs> Lord, I'm in trouble. I'm going through so much. But I know a God who can do all things and irrespective of what I'm going through, he still got his purpose. And that purpose cannot be thwarted because I'm going through this. Saints, do you know a God who can do all things? Do you know that he has a purpose for your life? And it doesn't matter what you go through, that purpose cannot be thwarted. Sickness cannot thwart that purpose. Problems cannot thwart that purpose. Pandemic coronavirus cannot thwart that purpose. Joblessness cannot thwart that purpose. It doesn't matter what it happens in your life. Saints, I want you to know a God who is able to do all things. And he knows all things. And no purpose of his can be thwarted. So Paul says, we know. That's my first thought I want to share with you. Romans 5, 3-5. to Romans 5, 3 to 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because, note the word, we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Maybe you're going through suffering. You know somebody going through suffering as a child of God. We go through these moments. But until Jesus Christ comes, this is our response. That we know that this suffering will produce perseverance. We know that perseverance will produce character. We know that character is going to produce hope. And this hope does not disappoint. It doesn't put us to shame. It doesn't, I mean, make us cry. But we cry, but we know we cry in hope. Because watch this. God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do you know God's love has been poured into you? So the first thought. I want to dwell on in Paul's statement is that we know. The second thought is, we know in all things. That's what it says. What do you do in all things? The good things, the bad things, the bad moments, the good moments. What do you do in all things? Number one, you have to learn to give thanks to God. 
1 Thessalonians 5.18. Once you know, the next thing is that in all things, it doesn't matter what's going on. The first thing is, I want you to know in all things, give thanks. The Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You may not understand it may not make sense. You may try to put it together and you cannot comprehend it. But I want you to know a God who is able to work it together. And based on that, you are able to give thanks to him and say, Father, I just want to thank you for this moment. Jesus picked up the two fish and the five loaves of bread. And Peter and Andrew talking about it's not enough and they're complaining. As soon as Jesus took what they were complaining about, as soon as he took what was not enough, this is what he did. The first thing is he gave thanks. He gave thanks for what was not enough. He gave thanks for what people were complaining about, and God made it enough. Give thanks in all circumstances. Number two, in all things, learn to bless the Lord. Psalm 34, 1 to 6. In all things... It doesn't matter what you go through. It's not only in good times to bless the Lord. In bad, in all things, learn to bless the Lord. Psalm 34, 1 to 6 says, hey, I will exhort the Lord at all times. Sometimes, at all times, good times, bad times, his praise will always, not sometime, his praise will always be on my lips. Go ahead. My soul, my soul. My soul, I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Go ahead, verse 3. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Hey, I'm going through this. I'm stressed out. I'm depressed. But hey, don't come and cry with me. Don't come and try to make sorry. I'm calling you so you can magnify the Lord with me. You can exalt the Lord with me. In that sickness, in that situation, I'm calling on you not to feel sorry for me, but go ahead and come to me and let's exalt the God together. Because the same God, as we exalt him, he's going to lift up and come down from heaven off his throne and say, hey, this is the answer. Come and then he said, watch this, watch this. And I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And I sought the Lord. In all things, search the Lord. He will deliver you from all his fears. Go ahead. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. In the problems, whatever you're going through, look unto God. But those who look unto him, I love this verse. And this poor man, and this poor man called, and he called, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all his troubles. <laughs> you see, when people look at David's life, they think David, amazing worshiper. And God said, David, a man after my heart. And they're thinking, David is doing all that because, look, he's living in a palace. He's a king. Yes, God has blessed him. This is the reason why David loved the Lord. David said, and this poor man cried unto this Lord, and he heard him. We don't love the Lord because of finances and everything. But this man, in my sickness, in my problems, in my predicaments, in my uncertainty, in my anxiety, depression, and this poor man cried unto the Lord, and he heard him. 
cried unto the Lord and he heard us. This is why we come to him knowing that, hey, if he's heard us before, he'll hear us again. So number one, Paul said we know. Number two, in all things. The third thought. Remember God works for you, not against you when you're going through whatever you're going through. He says, we know that in all things, God works for. God works for you, not against you. Genesis 50, 20, 19 to 21. Genesis 50, 19 to 21. Genesis 50, 19 to 21. And Joseph said to them, who's them? His brothers, as you know the story of Joseph. You know, after they, what they did, guilty conscience their father is about to <laughs> die and they're thinking that if our father dies Joseph is going to pay us back for what we did to him Joseph said to them his brothers don't be afraid for I am, am I in the place of God but as for you you meant evil against me but Look at somebody and say, but, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is today, this day, to save many lives. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you, excuse me, and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Saints, you know the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold by his own brothers, betrayed by his own brothers. Guess what happened? God still fulfilled his purpose. And in life, when I look through Joseph's story, we go through what we call, what I call the four piece of destiny. They sold him, they put him in a pit. The first P is the pit moment. That pit moment is a time that those people you trusted and you hoping can betray you and you go to the lowest point of your life. They put him in a pit. It's a pit moment. But from there, they sold him. Where did he go? He ended up in Potiphar's house. In Potiphar's house, another P is the Potiphar moment. It's the Potiphar moment. It's the moment in your life where you, people can lie on you, lie against you. You can get into trouble for nothing you did. And he went through that moment. From that moment, he went into prison moment, another P. In the prison moment is where you feel secluded. You feel lonely. You feel like, why am I in this place? But there is a fourth P of your destiny, and that is your prime moment. He moved from a prison to become a prime minister. So God may take you through the pit, but we know he's working. Through Potiphar's moment, he's working. Through your prison moment, he's working. And in your prison moment, where you think you've been locked up, when you think your destiny has been locked up, when you think the purpose has been locked up, God is going to open the gate of the prison gate and let you out. And from that moment, you are going into the prime of your life, the prime of your destiny, the prime of your purpose. He went and became a prime minister. And here are his brothers coming to him feeling that, what is this guy going to do to us? He said, come closer. I'm going to tell you something. God, he works for me, not against me. So whatever you did, God was working it out. 
<laughs> oh, whatever you did in the moment of the pit, God was working it out. Potiphar's working it out. Prison, he's working it out. And today, all of you can testify that God was working it out so that he can send me ahead to save lives. And as you can see today, I came to tell somebody this morning, God is working it out. Maybe you may be in your pit moment, but God is working it out. You may be in your potiphar's moment, but God is working it out. You may be in your prison moment, but God is working it out. And this is the season of your prime season. It's a season of your prime season. It's a season that God is going to work everything together and is going to position you and you're going to look to people and say, as it is today, God is working it out. No purpose can be thwarted. Number four, lastly, the last point is, Paul says, and we know, God is going to work everything out according to his purpose. The fourth thought is, remember you are called according to God's purpose. No matter what you go through, and the purpose of God cannot be thwarted. So whatever you go through, remember you are called according to God's purpose. Jeremiah 18, Jeremiah 18, quickly 1 to 6 as I wrap up. Jeremiah 18 on the fourth thought. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the porter's house or porter's shop. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Go, another message. He said, please go ahead, verse 2. Go down to the porter's shop and I will speak to you there. Go ahead, please. So I did as he told me and I found the porter working at his wheel. I want you to take note of the word. He's working. God is working it out. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. In other words, he wasn't going according to the purpose. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, and I want you to put your name there. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this porter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the porter's hand, so you are in my hand. God says to Jeremy, I've got a message for you. Come with me. So he goes, he said, go to the porter's house. Jeremiah stands there in his observation. He sees a, port, a porter who's working. But all of a sudden, he realized that whatever he was making... He started crushing it again. Because he knew the purpose. He had intention. He knew what he wanted to get out. But as he was working, it didn't turn the way he had worked. But the porter knew what he wanted. So he was able to crush it and start all over again. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter where you think life has ended you. God can start you all over again. It doesn't matter where you have come. Maybe it's a core ministry. It could be um, assignment. It could be business. It could be whatever. You've gone through a relationship that has crossed. I want you to know we have a God who is able to say, hey, is this going according to my purpose? Uh, if it is not, it doesn't matter what has happened to them. I'm not going to let this thwart their purpose. I'm going to start 
all over again. I'm going to start that business all over again. I can start that business again. You can start that relationship all over again. You can start that ministry all over again. It's a God who is able to start all over again. And the Bible says the porter was able to reshape it, remold it, realign everything. And then he looked as it seemed best to him. What am I saying? Paul says, we know that God is able to work in all things, all together, work it out. For my good, for your good, according to his purpose. So the porter did not let go of the clay because he knew the clay, though it was crushed, it didn't turn out the way he wanted it. But guess what kept him going? Within this mess is a message. Within the test is a testimony. Within the trial is triumph. I came to tell you, God says, I want to give you a message out of the mess. What is the message? Just as this clay is in the hand of the potter, who didn't give up on this clay, though it messed up, given upon you because you carry purpose because you carry an assignment because I, you, I have not finished with you I'm still working on you I'm working on you I'm working on you and I'm here to work it out according to my purpose 